If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast brought to you today by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. Before I get started on today's program, I want to just tell you a little bit about a for um, a live webinar that I'm going to be conducting here in the very near future. It's titled Overcoming Fears and Phobias. And basically what it is is I'm presenting in this 2-hour live webinar the same information that I present to people, help them and teach them uh, whenever they come to see me for individual counseling and therapy. So this isn't going to be a therapy session over a webinar. That's that's not the time or the place for therapy. But what it is is an educational program where I'm going to teach you the four-step approach that I use in therapy sessions. I'm going to show you uh, the, the same information, give you the same education, use the same handouts and worksheets that I do in a therapy session. But I'm going to teach you how to use it and how you can do it on your own uh, as a self-help approach to overcoming fears and phobias. So anyway, go out to the website, citrainings.com, and if you click on the link, then that'll take you to the webinar page. There's a short video from me, and it also uh, will, I have on there uh, all the uh, individual topics that I'm going to be covering in the webinar. And then at the very bottom, you'll see what the prices are. I'm offering some specials right now since I'm just starting this webinar. So if you are interested, take advantage of this while the prices are still low. So anyway, visit the website, check it out, and if you're interested, be sure and sign up. Okay, well, let's get into the topic for today's I Hate Anxiety podcast, and I'm titling it Shelter from the Storm. You know, we uh, here in the Midwest, we have storms on a fairly regular basis during certain times of the year. And some of those storms uh, can be pretty fierce. Sometimes we have to take shelter. Maybe you're out at a ball game with the kids, or you are at some other kind of an outdoor activity, and there's a storm brewing. It's coming up. The wind is kicking up. And if it looks like it's just going to be rain, you may just take shelter under a picnic shelter, uh, a pavilion. Other times, you know what? You say, I've got to get inside of a building. And if it's one where the sirens are going off, then you may need to get underground because it's a tornado warning. You know, if you live along the Gulf Coast, maybe you can relate to the same thing with hurricanes. But it's natural to seek shelter from the storm. There's nothing abnormal about that. If we just stand out there in the rain, uh, looking up at the sky, um, that, that could be a big problem right there in some situations. So there's nothing wrong with seeking shelter from the storm. You know, with anxiety disorders, they can feel like a storm also. 
They can we can we may describe them a lot of different ways, but they can definitely feel like a bad storm. If you have panic attacks, if you have high anxiety, if you have specific triggers such as with phobias, uh, or if it is excessive worry that just seems to kick off your fight or flight response. It's exhausting and you want shelter. You want to rest, but you want to break. And what a lot of people do and what I kind of you know, draw a parallel with is the shelter is often some means of avoidance. We try to avoid the distress of the anxiety. And we do it in different ways. As I was preparing for today's podcast, I was thinking about five different ways that we use avoidance, five different types of avoidance. And the first is physical avoidance. Basically, we just physically stay away from the trigger. You know, if we, uh, if we have anxiety around crowds, we don't go to places where there's crowds. If we have to do shopping at Walmart, we do it at odd hours so as to avoid crowds. Or maybe, you know, we're coming up here when I'm recording this on the 4th of July. As a matter of fact, in a a neighboring town, they're having fireworks early tonight. And I may have to sneak over there whenever it gets closer to dark to watch them. But a lot of people, that's a trigger. Maybe it's the booms. Maybe it's the crowd. At night, maybe it is, you know, the the fire in the sky of the fireworks, the sound of the mortars going up. And when that happens, that anxiety comes in, so they do a physical avoidance. Maybe there's certain people that you don't like, and it causes a lot of anxiety for you. So you avoid being around them. That's physical avoidance. There's also emotional avoidance. And I see this happening kind of in two different ways. One is when we just, you know, wind up shutting off our emotions when we are around the anxiety. We find that the best way to avoid the fears or the anger or the upset is to either temporarily shut off our emotions or maybe even permanently, long-term shutdown of our emotions. The second way is kind of the opposite. We we have an emotional avoidance where we actually explode our emotions. Maybe we explode the fear or explode the anger in such a way that other people react so as to avoid certain things. You know, there's there's one family I've done work with on again, off again over the years. And they have a child that's um, now a young adult. And the, the problem that, that comes into being is whenever some, this, this, uh, this kid in the family has, to be, has had to be addressed with something, uh, there was a strong emotional reaction. And basically, the various family members just avoid bringing up certain things because of the emotional um, reaction, either manipulation or intimidation. A third type of avoidance is chemical avoidance. And this is often when we are trying to avoid the physiological effects of the uh, anxiety. So you can break it into three basic groups. You've got drinking, 
drugging and prescriptions. Drinking is drinking alcohol. It's uh, been used to steady the nerves, to calm a person down for thousands of years. Um, Then you have various illegal drugs or illicit drugs. Some may or may not be illegal in your particular area, but it's a way of using chemicals to avoid. And the third is with prescriptions, where it's actually controlled, dispensed through a physician and a prescription to where we use those kind of anti-anxiety medications to reduce the effects of anxiety in our life. And I'm not totally opposed to that. You know, I'm not, you know, against anti-anxiety medications that are prescribed, but I don't see those as long-term answers. I think there's a time and a place for them in the short term in conjunction with therapy where the goal is that you don't need to have the prescriptions in the future. That's probably a bigger topic for another podcast. Uh, Another type of avoidance is distractions. And this is where to help us avoid the distress, we distract ourselves with various things. And there's a lot of different things. The ones that came up on my short list would be such as eating, exercise, uh, sex or promiscuity, various high-risk activities uh, that could include gambling or extreme sports, and also cutting in self-abuse can be a distraction type of avoidance. The fifth is irrational avoidance. And what I mean by that is we ramp up the extreme beliefs about what it is that we are anxious about. And when we ramp up those beliefs to the extreme, then logically, in our mind, it makes sense to have this reaction. However, the extreme interpretation, the extreme beliefs, are not rational. That's not really how the situation is. And that's how a lot of times phobias are. They have that that same kind of irrationality to them, and that's a means of avoidance. So, since avoidance seems to work, why should we not do it? What are the problems with avoidance? Well, one is it doesn't really solve any problems. It's just a reaction to an ongoing problem. And it can easily create new problems. If somebody starts drinking or drugging, uh, then that can you know turn into a whole new set of problems that they didn't have before. It can also worsen existing problems. If somebody's already struggling with weight for different reasons and now they start using eating as a distraction, then that can, com- uh, can complicate uh, their weight issues and their physical health. And finally, um, the, uh, the, the avoidance can make the anxiety last indefinitely. Whenever I work with people that have post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the things that I frequently tell them is avoidance is a key thing that keeps the PTSD alive long term. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. 
So what do you do? What do you do if we're not supposed to use that kind of avoidance? Well, the thing that I always recommend people to do, if they have some avoidance techniques that they cannot self-correct and they need more help with because they become entrenched, is I always recommend that they, they uh, get together with a good anxiety-experienced um, mental health therapist. And what I mean by anxiety-experienced is simply somebody who has really worked in-depth with people who are struggling with anxiety disorders and has a track record of what they're doing is working. Um, whenever I think about... Um, in you know seeking services, um, I, I often will interchangeably use counseling and therapy. But in this kind of a situation, I'm drawing a distinction. Uh, in my definition, in my book, counseling is more superficial. It's the lighter kinds of things. It's more problem solving, skills building. Uh, where therapy is, you're really you're you're crawling inside the person's head. You're digging in there deeper. You're helping to identify faulty ways of thinking that have become entrenched many times over the course of a lifetime. And we have to try in therapy we're trying to change how we think and how we process things. And so when you're if you've got some really strongly entrenched avoidance patterns, um I would really recommend, you know, seeking out the services of a of a very competent you know, therapist on that. Um, because really, you know, you're going to need some, some um, what's the word I'm looking for? Customized therapy. Because it really does vary from person to person, and it varies from avoidance practice to avoidance practice when you're talking about something that's been entrenched for a while. You know, avoidance can seem like the only answer to a lot of people, but it isn't. And help is out there. I just want to say that again. Help is out there. If you're struggling with anxiety, do some research. Find the people in your area that specialize in treating it and seek them out. You know, I um, I spend probably far too much time on Facebook, like all of us probably do, and I uh, bounce around on some of the different anxiety groups and boards. And I guess the thing that breaks my heart so much is when people have given up hope that it can ever be improved, that they can ever get rid of the anxiety, that they, they just, they've come to the belief that this is just how it is and that's it. And I just want to speak a word of encouragement. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't. We have made so much progress in the professions uh, of helping people to where we understand anxiety differently than we did 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, when I was getting my master's degree, basically all they said for treatment of anxiety disorders is help them do deep breathing and get them to the psychiatrist so they can be given anti-anxiety medications. And... Seriously, as a counselor and therapist, that was so frustrating, which kind of led me into digging into it more and more over the, the years that I have been in practice. And we do. We understand it differently than what we did back then. So, you know, I just want to give you that word of encouragement. 
Now, um, that's going to wrap it up for today. If you are interested in the webinar that I mentioned at the beginning of today's podcast, please go out to Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com and uh, follow the link to take you to the webinar page so you can get signed up. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time on the I Hate Anxiety podcast. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.